Hey folks, are you familiar with local death country gothic folk singer-songwriter Uncle Sinner? Now the answer to that question is probably no, and in this episode we talk about why that is, because he makes great music, we talk about his excellent new record, the traditional inspiration behind his songwriting, and that question of why he isn't better known at home in Winnipeg, because he should be, damn it, and much more. Hope you enjoy the episode. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I am still quarantined, as is everyone else, and uh, therefore we're doing another remote interview, which, you know, they're fun, but it's nothing kind of beats the face-to-face in-person interviews, but got to make do with what we can. So uh, the guest on the show this episode is someone who hasn't been on the show before, but I kind of have some questions about where you're coming from, because I know I've seen the name before, but it seems like you've, you know, you have quite a bit of material out there, and you've been obviously doing this for a while, but... Maybe you don't have the profile that, that, that I would expect you to have. Like, where did you come from? All of a sudden, I saw your name and I listened to this stuff and it was great. And I really dug the music. And it's like, how come I didn't know this before? Like, where did I miss you, you know, sort of in the local music scene? Uh, I guess the hipsters let you down. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's a really obscure guy in North Kildonan and you probably never heard of him. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, so I started, I mean, I've been playing music for a long time. I started recording music, uh, you know, with a, a guy on a computer in around 2007, and that was back when My, MySpace existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it still exists, but not really. Yeah, it's a weird uh, thing. Though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is now, but like, <laughs> I, I even tried to like, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. you know, we, I put, I put some songs up on on MySpace, and it, it generated some interest. Uh, was contacted by a label. Uh, an indie label in like Illinois, um, and that's how the first album came about. Um, and you know, I, I did a C- CD release and stuff like that. And the label went bankrupt because they were all they were doing sort of genre stuff, uh, death country or whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, since then, I've just been sort of doing it on my own. Like it's no longer done on a computer. I use a, a reel-to-reel in my in my basement. Uh, I do my best to make it sound good, but I'm not a I'm not an engineer, and I'm not a master mixer or mass you know right. mastering engineer. But you know, I do my best. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't. I've I've done some shows locally, but it's usually when someone will ask me if uh, you know. Hey, do you want to open for this show? We, we've got someone coming in, so that happened a couple of times. But um, like for me to actually get a show in Winnipeg because I don't have a big fan base here. Yeah. I, I have a bigger fan base in Europe and places in the states, but uh, I don't know. I, so I, I could rent a, a, a hall to play a, to play a show, but then I'm just sort of charging my friends and family sure. to, uh, sure, yeah. to come and see me play. <laughs> I mean, I'll do that, uh, you know, once in a while, but it's not something I want to abuse. For sure. Well, wh- why do you think that is that you have a bigger fan base elsewhere than here? Because just listening to your stuff, it seems like the type of music that Winnipeggers are into. I mean, there's a very strong, anything folk roots country, any of those sort of larger circle of genres, there's, there's, there's an audience here for that. Like what, what is, I, I realize you're doing something a bit different, but, what do you think is the appeal elsewhere that doesn't happen here? 
Well, well, I mean, I should say that there are a couple of people here who who uh, have reached out to me and and like my music. And there's a there's a local musician, Reverend Rambler, who yeah. who digs my stuff a lot. And he's he was one of the people who was kind enough to say, "Hey, you know, I'm playing at Times Changed. Do you want to play for half an hour before?" And I, I did, and it was it was it was fun. But uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to get uh more shows like i've tried nothing and i'm i'm all out of ideas right <laughs> quote quote the simpsons yeah 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 uh i i've i've dropped off you know info to the goodwill and uh the times change know who i am like yes. I, I just i'm just not super i live out in north Caldon and and uh you know that's just a different city, uh, and it's hard to say. I don't really have any. I'm sorry, I don't have a good answer no, for fine, that. No, that's fine. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe there isn't a good answer for that. Uh, I, I mean, I guess North Carolina is basically the moon compared to some of the uh, more uh, you know neighborhoods would have more venues and, and regular shows and things. But yeah, uh, I mean, I grew up here, but uh, I lived in the West End for for many years back when it was super cheap to live in the West yeah, End. Yeah. Like I bought a I bought a house there for like twenty three grand. Oh wow. Uh, back in like the early 2000s and and then uh and then i met someone we were in wolseley for you know 10 years yeah. or whatever but uh you know all roads lead back to the to the womb <laughs> yeah so i'm just i'm just swimming around in my amniotic fluid right now right it's on. lovely right on yeah. so i was looking at the you know i was listening to the stuff on Bandcamp and looking at the sort of genre descriptions and you mentioned death country earlier and i see you've used the terms like gothic country and things like that like how do you define it if someone says oh hey i hear you play music do you have sort of a go-to description that that the layman would understand sort of or i mean i think it's a sort of basic post-traditional post-modern post-sensitive existential death country folk blues uh hell stomp it's a bit of a mouthful well, I mean, but that gives that that that'll get people in the area, you know. It's no, a, that's evocative, though. That is, it's yeah. a sort of you know postmodern, post-traditional uh, folk. I mean, it's very rooted in blues, but I, yeah. I try not to just do blues, so I I'll say like folk blues or something like that. Okay, uh, but I also you know use distortion in that, so I don't know how folk you know folk music's pretty broad anyway. Yeah, well, it's it's almost meaningless at this point. It's such a huge umbrella. Of, of right genres yeah i guess how did you sort of come to the path of getting into this stuff that you're doing now i mean like you said obviously there's a strong blues element there but there's also other things floating around in there and you know especially with the the lyrics a lot of them from what i've heard are pretty dark which i guess is where the gothic and death uh terminology sort of comes in yeah um i mean i just got into it from listening to uh like i grew up listening to guys like dylan Right, like the ballad of Hollis Brown yeah. is very. I don't. I mean, I don't know what your familiarity with folk music is, but uh, you know, so so Dylan in the early '60s was doing sort of traditional stuff, and he would add verses or whatever. And yeah, like he was playing. Verses, he, yeah. he well, that was his own song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but sure, like, You know, sure. he would he would also mess with traditional songs. Totally, yeah. And uh, and so that so I had listened to blues before that, like as you know. Uh, and then I listened to Dylan, and that sort of he got me interested in sort of some of the uh, the Appalachian music, um, and and I just sort of took a deep dive into American folk music for a while, like in my early twenties. Yeah. And then it's not really what I listen to. Like I'm not a I'm not a 
folklorist, okay. right? Uh, I listen to a lot of songwriters and bands, you know, indie stuff or whatever. But, but it's sort of, I mean, that seems to be what I'm. People like to people like it when I play that kind of stuff, and I like to play that kind of stuff. It, it's uh, it's a source of inspiration for me. Okay. I, I do other things, but uh, but Uncle Sinner is is just an exploration of that sound and it's it it's about me trying to see what i can find that's of meaning for me in in folk music and sometimes that means adding stuff to sort of flesh out a narrative yeah uh but but you know because it can be very minimalistic I don't know. I, I just look for sort of these messages from the past that I can relate to, and then I try and package that up. And sometimes I'll borrow, shift songs between shift verses between songs, okay. or whatever. And I just I just like to play with things, and uh, I like I like the sound. I mean, it, it's got a it's got a good beat, and uh, you absolutely can't dance to it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> there's there's a long tradition of that too, right? Of taking some of those songs that have been around for decades and just twisting them and reworking them in your own style. I mean, some of these songs, I guess, have probably been done fifty times, and each each time is kind of adjusted it or tweaked it in a certain way, right? That's right. Yeah, and they're not. I mean, there are some that are just fully original, but yeah. they're they're close enough in the sound that I felt I could stick it on an Uncle Sinner record, okay. right? Like, I I mean, there's a part of me that thinks, uh, as much as I don't like to be too hemmed in by genre, um, when people are, you know, downloading your al album or buying your album or whatever, they should have some sense of what they're getting into, right? And so the, the people who, who listen to me, I mean, I, I'll always... You know, an, an Uncle Sinner album. I'm always going to try and put put out stuff that I like sure. uh, first and foremost, but that is also not completely alienating to the to the people who have liked the stuff in the past. Sure. Well, they, yeah, they have an idea of what you sound like based on your previous records. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Father coming right in beneath us. Did you bring me a little silver or did you bring me a little gold? What did you bring me, my own father, to keep me from the gallows pole? No silver, I didn't bring you no gold. I just came to watch you swing it high up from the gallows pole. Hangman, hangman, slack your line a while. I think I see my mother coming right in many miles. 
Did you bring me a little silver or did you bring me a little gold? Or did you bring me my only mother to keep me from the gallows pole? I didn't bring you no silver, I, I didn't bring you no gold I just came to watch you swinging high up from the gallows pole mm-hmm. Hangman, hangman, this is like you're lying I see my brother coming around many miles Did you bring me a little silver or did you bring me a little gold? Or did you bring me my one brother to keep me from the gallows pole? I brought you a little silver and I brought you a little gold I brought a little of everything just to keep you from the gallows new record you put out that just came out what in mid-march yeah march 16th which was uh <laughs> it was a hell of a time to put out yeah a yeah well that's kind of was my next question like how has this affected you because i mean you know this whole quarantine thing has affected a lot of different artists differently some people have had to cancel full tours other people have kind of rescheduled releases and things like that and you kind of found yourself stuck in the middle of this <laughs> when you put your album out like has it affected you negatively did you have big plans to promote the record or uh no i i think i think this is sort of this is sort of it okay 
It's it's just Witch Police Radio. <laughs> right on. Uh, Happy to do it. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I'm so I'm I'm not as affected by the pandemic and quarantine as some other musicians who you know live in the gig economy. Yeah. Uh, music for me is a way to, to lose money, right? <laughs> sure, like, yeah. I, I mean, seriously, I mean, it costs money to to just buy reels of tape. Yeah, for me oh, to record yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I mean, I I do all right with streaming, but that's that's still that's not a living, right? It's a fraction I mean, of a cent per. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it 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 helps. Every every little bit helps, and, and everything that I get from streaming, I'll put into buying more tape okay. or uh, uh, you know guitar strings or whatever. But um, uh, yeah, I I never tried to make a living at it because I'm I'm just. I mean, I think I would have died of famine and and heartbreak, <laughs> yeah. heartbreak long ago. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I, I I continue to you know uh, get a get a paycheck and and work from home and all that stuff. Cool. cool. One of the things I uh, before we did this, I was looking up you know previous interviews you'd done, and there's a few things on websites and stuff like that. And one of them mentioned uh, I can't remember what site it was on, but it was talking about your. I'm not sure if it was you saying this or the, the the person writing the story, but about how you maintain your Canadian prairie voice while doing music that is kind of more associated with a certain kind of accent, if you know what I mean. Like retain. Yeah. So I like that. I like hearing people doing something that's authentically theirs. Like when I hear something that sounds like Winnipeg, whatever that might actually mean, I'm always interested. And even further than that, if someone sounds like something in whatever neighborhood they're from in New York or whatever, I don't have to know about it, but I can recognize that sort of authenticity that they're, this is something specific, right? Like, how do you take these old songs that have gone through various parts of the world and, and, and so many iterations and then make them sound like they're from here? Well, I mean, I don't know that I've been able to do that, but my, my accent, so I'm a bit of an accent sponge. Okay. And, um, so there are times, like, if someone out there is listening, you know, don't tweet at me if, if you hear me saying, like, out instead of out. Right, right. right. Because that happens just because I, it's just stuff that I pick up. Uh, like, my, my, my speaking accent is sort of in and out. Half the time people think I'm from Ireland. Sometimes people think I'm from the States. Okay. But, but, I'm, but you know, I have a good and proper Winnipeg accent when I'm concentrating on it. Right, okay. It's important to me that... Uh, I'm not trying to be someone else. I mean, I'm trying to find. This is this is about American folk music, and we can talk about Canadian folk music later. But for for American folk music, I didn't want to approach it from the uh, point of view of someone who's trying to sound American. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it it, it takes. Take some getting used to to try and strip that away from yourself because it's it's a mask that you can wear, sure, right? Is. A fake accent is a mask that you can wear, or you know, if you like, really try to overexert your voice, you know, that's another mask that you can wear. So, like, I've got some vocal damage just from just years of bad decisions, but <laughs> um, but uh, you know, like to me, there's nothing worse than. I'm not uh, let me let me walk that back. Sure, I I'm not a big fan of people who put on an accent. Although I like guys like Fred Eaglesmith who do. Like yeah. it's it's not an automatic fail. 
but I just gravitate towards people who are more genuine and comfortable with who they, you know, their own accent. Sure, yeah. And, and and the other thing that sort of makes me uncomfortable is you'll so, sometimes hear people in their in their twenties or whatever just trying to sound like Tom Waits meets Bob Seger. Yeah. I'm gonna sing this because I mean it. Sure, I've heard that a hundred times. You gotta, yeah. you gotta wait for that to happen. Like time will do that. You need to get the natural gravel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I mean, I can sort of sing harder or softer, but like whatever crackling is just from. Just from me forcing the air through my throat at this point. Okay. I don't know. I, I try to. I try not to be a phony, right? I don't want to be a, a wannabe yeah. anything. Well, I just can't keep from crying sometimes. Well, I just can't keep from crying sometimes. When my heart's are full of sorrow and my eyes are filled with tears Lord, I just can't keep from crying sometimes My mother often told me Angels bonded your life away She said I wouldn't accomplish But trust in God and pray Well, I'm on the king's highway I'm trusting Every day, but I just can't keep from crying sometimes. Well, I just can't keep from crying sometimes. When my heart's full of sorrow and my eyes are filled with tears, well, I just can't keep from crying. My mother, she said, Glory. Thank God I'm on my way Father Egon too And darling you could not stay Well I'm trusting him every day Trusting him to bear my burden away But I just can't keep from crying sometimes Well I just can't keep from crying sometimes when my heart's full of sorrow and my eyes are filled with tears
do you think that you play a style of music where there's sort of a premium on that authenticity? Because I feel like, you know, anything country related audiences, I think they have a good, especially here, there's a, a good bullshit detector and people can sort of pick that out right away. If you're trying, I mean, not that people don't try it all the time, but <laughs> if you're trying to do that fake thing where you're sounding like you're from the South or, or even in other genres, if you're a rapper from Winnipeg and you're trying to sound like you're from New York, people can hear that, right? Like they can. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's true. And, and the other thing about uh, the very sort of niche area of country or deaf country mm-hmm. that I'm in is that everyone, uh, again, I'm going to walk that back, but a lot of people <laughs> try and try and come across as crazier than they really are. I can so I really that. try to select the crazy okay. that I can relate to because I, I, it would be sort of, false for me to get up on stage and scream whiskey whiskey motherfucker over and over again right like there or you know you know i'm gonna kill this person or that person like i'm my crazy isn't a a violent uh sort of lunatic thing it's more of a it's more of a helplessness although you know i mean addiction is a part of all of our lives in some way or another yeah, no, that's uh, that's a good way of putting it. I think a helplessness versus a craziness because I think that you're right. A lot of people do put that on, especially with that kind of rough, weathered voice, like they've been through everything. And meanwhile, they're 21. <laughs> and haven't. Uh, I still live in their parents' basement, and they're. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm really captivated by people who are crazy, and I believe oh, yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there are people like I don't know. Um, uh, I don't listen to a lot of his songs, but I get compared to uh, David Eugene Edwards of 16 Horsepower and Woven Hand. And he is, he's got a tune called Hutterite Mile that is like, I believe that this guy means everything he says and it's all crazy and I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, I mean, he was, he was born uh, to a very religious family and he's a very religious guy. Uh, and you know, like revivalist tent religious, sure, sure. like like you know the real deal. And I don't know, just some of that lunacy comes across. I don't mean lunacy in a bad way. I just mean like he's really sort of edgy. And and some of the older blues guys were just yeah. complete complete psychopaths. You know, Skip James was a a murderer, yeah. and uh, you know other things yeah but um, a lot of them right like, like lead belly was in jail for ages and like you know he yeah people and yeah yeah it's nuts so i find that i find those people interesting to listen to and and so i'm happy to like uh listen to that and share my own crazy although i'm i'm maybe not so specific about the ways <laughs> in which i'm crazy sure yeah yeah <laughs> No, that's cool. That's cool. It's because yeah, I think that, that the the whole authenticity thing it, it does come out a lot in in a lot of kinds of music, and I think that um, a lot of people will try to put that on that crazy or, or whatever it is, and it just it falls flat, right? You, you can't sell it unless you've actually lived it, or you have to find a way to make it personal. And I think a lot of people just don't don't do it. But your your stuff seems genuine. Like you know, before meeting you via the internet, uh, having listened to your stuff, it it seems authentic to me. Like I, I can believe what's coming out of your mouth so you're doing something right in that area for oh, i appreciate that thank you yeah so and it's not just lunatics i like i sure. mean i i, I like t- talented songwriters and, and songwriters are mostly what i listen to as opposed to like the folk tradition yes yes uh but uh but for for uncle sinner i mean i'm just i'm trying to 
capture a bit of that gleam and, and just sort of mining mining those parts of myself. Because okay. uh, I think that there's there's a power to be gained over over singing about those sorts of things. I mean, when you're asking me about you know what it's like re- releasing an album in this time, like mm. I, I wouldn't say that you know the album went over like gangbusters. Uh, and not that it's not that it's sunk or anything, uh, but it may be that there are people who hesitate to listen to a, an album that's so centered on themes of creation and death yeah. in the time of a pandemic. But uh, to me, like just speaking for myself personally, I find that confronting those topics gives you power over them and when you and when you're confront and and giving voice to those things is is a taking control of power over those things and when you combine that with music that is pleasing yeah uh that's either got a good beat or you like the melody and you like the instrumentation then you're sort of confronting it in a space where you're, there's parts of you that are feeling good because of the music, and so I find this whole thing very therapeutic. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. So are you, I mean, is it kind of a half-and-half half thing where you want people to get sort of roped into listening because they're enjoying something musical, and then you're hoping that they spend the time actually listening to what you're saying in the song? Because, I mean, a lot of artists, usually singer-songwriters, are in that category where, you know, the, the, vocal, the lyrics are the, the important part, the story is the important part. Do you kind of see it as both, or are you more focused on just telling the story and getting people to sort of give that the attention it deserves? Oh, uh, I, I think I I think I would want people to pay uh, attention to the words um, because they, they, to me they're not as simple as they might seem. Okay. I mean, um, uh, you, you know, it would depend on the song. I think I think if people just like the sound and are and are happy to tune out the words, then if that if that's pleasant for them, you know, be my guest. Sure. Um, and I, but but for me, it's. I mean, I spend a lot of time thinking about the uh, the songs and what I want them to say, and and I and I'm in my head, I make a narrative out of what they mean. Now, that's going to be very personal to me. Sure. Uh, and not everyone is going to get out of, uh, you know, Gallows Pole or uh, Rocky Island or any of the songs that, that I get out of it. I mean, um, but I'm always happy. I'm always happy to talk about it yeah. to, to anyone who's, you know, curious about it. But I guess that's kind of the point of putting something out in the world, anyway, right? Once it's gone from your hands, it's it's open to anyone to interpret it or, or experience it or feel it, however they, however it comes through to them, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, it's you know the the death of the author, right? In yeah. uh, post postmodern theory, if I can sound like an egghead for a second, <laughs> uh, you know, I saw one of the very few uh, people who wrote on on the album was actually a Winnipeg blog, and uh, and this person's whole take on the album was that it's about how uh, God is a lie. Okay, and that's. That's a very specific interpretation, and it wasn't one that that I intended. But if that's if that's how those songs make sense to that person, mm-hmm. then then that's great because that's someone engaging with it. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, if the person said, you know, well, these are all songs about you know 
Halloween or whatever, then I, <laughs> I'd, I'd think that they're a little out to lunch. But, you know, this person had, you know, uh, had put some thought into it. And I appreciated that, even if that's not what it means yeah. for me. Does that kind of feedback kind of make you reflect on the songs and sort of try to figure out how that person interpreted it that way? Or are you just sort of happy that they've engaged with it to that level? Oh, yeah, no, that's a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down. I'm assuming that, that everything up that happened to that person in, in their entire life, you know, led led to that. Right. And that that's just a unfathomable web. Uh, and that's not to say that it's out to lunch, sure, this inter sure. interpretation. I just... I, I, I couldn't work backwards from it. There'll be no more Weeping and wailing no more Weeping and wailing no more Weeping and wailing I'm going home to live with God, my Lord Well, soon I will be done with the trouble of this world Soon I will be done with the trouble of this world Soon I will be done with the trouble of this world I'm going home to live with God, my Lord I'm going up to see my mother I'm going to shake her loving hand I'm going to tell her all about my troubles As I've been traveling through this land And soon I'm gonna burn down what what needs to burn. Soon I'm gonna burn down what what needs to burn. I'm going home to live with God, my Lord. I died a thousand times. I could die a thousand more. I died a thousand times. I could die a thousand more. I died a thousand times. I could die a thousand more. I'm going home to live with God, my Lord. I'm going up to see King Jesus. I'm going to shake his loving hand. I'm going to tell him all about my troubles as I've been traveling through this land. I was thinking about what you said uh, earlier about uh, you know why more people haven't heard of you yeah. and and one of my one of the things that that I wonder is that you know I do have the odd song where I talk about God but I, I've got sinner in the, the, the title, title yeah, so that yeah. so that people know that you know you're not listening to gospel music really like I'm not a I'm not a believer I'm not a yeah. Christian um, but I think it's I think it scares people on some, not everyone, but 
like you know i've tried submitting the some songs to to blogs for review and they're like yeah no sorry like we can't we can't do anything that has the word yeah. god in it and like sorry and uh, so so that might that might be another sort of structural problem yeah, with yeah. my with my musical project but it's okay like i didn't i didn't start this to get uh to famous really i'm just happy that anyone likes it yeah no that's cool well, i guess and i guess some of those songs that material you're kind of referencing the older stuff the older blues songs and folk songs and country songs that those big questions those big faith questions are are a huge part of that tradition right so i mean it would be hard to sort of um put that out there your own take on some of this stuff without having that content like it's just such an embedded part of those styles and those folk traditions it, it is and so a song like trouble of this world i mean that comes from you know african-american gospel tradition sure but you know then i then i write a couple of verses into it that that maybe destabilize it a little bit okay. um but yeah, I mean, it probably started on my first album with "When Jesus Comes," which was just intended as as comedy, okay. right? Um, uh, and so we sampled a, a well. My friend Matt sampled a, a, a preacher from from a record he got in Steinbeck, Manitoba. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, and you know that 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 song was became sort of popular on YouTube and. Uh, I don't know. There, are, there are people who listen to that and 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 don't. I mean, it's an ass kicking, you know, nunchuck Jesus song, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? I mean, I is a part of me that gets a bang out of it. Uh, so it's sort of it's sort of fun for me, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a tough thing because you know religion is a charged subject Very and. Uh, you know, I, I'm not out to offend anyone, nor am I out to, you know, spread the word of yeah. anything. Yeah, but no, that's, I think that's a legitimate reaction a lot of people have. Because I, before I started listening, I was checking out the song titles of Bandcap, and I saw a bunch of that, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know? Oh, man, I've got a Christian yeah, on my yeah, podcast. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> my I cred's going to be down the yeah. rapper. <laughs> but no, and then I listened to it, and it was like, okay, this is, I get what this is coming from. You know, this is, yeah. but yeah, I can see that being a, a roadblock. To some people who are just perusing the titles or whatever. Where, <laughs> yeah, probably. So with the new record, where can people find it? I mean, I know every shows are shut down. Record stores are probably shut down for the most part. Like, what's the best way to sort of get a hold of your new stuff? Uh, well, if if you're just wanting to download it, uh, downloads are free on Bandcamp. Okay. Uh, I just let people pay if they want to pay. Um. If people want a physical thing, uh, I'm not. I like. I have some CDs. I'm just not. I have, haven't been inclined to go to the post office in in uh, pandemic times. Yeah, fair but, enough. Yeah. But it it looks like that's you know getting better now. So maybe in a couple of weeks, if uh, if people want a CD, they can order them through my Bandcamp site. Okay. Is the Bandcamp site the best place to find? Like, is that kind of the main? place you would direct people to or do you have a, a website people should check out as well or what's the best option there uh no i don't have a website but um i'm on spotify and apple music and all that so uh i'm i'm happy to uh collect my streaming revenue uh that way <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's really not that bad i mean i i'm 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 not meaning to whinge about uh streaming revenues at all it's, yes 
I'm, I'm, I'm kind of luckier than there are. I, I know artists in Manitoba who don't do as well as I do off of streaming and it's bullshit. Like yeah. they're, they're, they're the real deal and they're uh, out trying to make a living from music. And, and so, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully eventually people will, uh, th- th- those, those artist streams will get bumped up. Yeah. That'd be nice. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. And then once this, this this pandemic's over, and you know, hopefully uh, people start coming out out of the house more, and maybe more shows happen. Do you have plans to uh, like? Are you hoping to play some more shows? Maybe go on the road or anything at this point, or are you just happy to have the album out there and go from there? Um. Yeah. So, Reverend Rambler and I. I mean, we've we've sort of talked about doing a show because okay. we sort of dig each other's music. I mean, he has a similar. He has a similar sound yeah. in that it's sort of electrify stomp blues. Sure, I can see it being uh, yeah, for sure. His his stuff is like let's let's feel good, yep. right? Yep. And so like he's the closer for sure because I can see that, yeah, yeah. Bef- before you, before you get to Reverend Rambler and feel good, it's like let's sit down with Just Uncle Sinner and out, talk. Yeah. Let's talk honestly and openly about the difficulties of life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah. It would, it would. I think that'd be an all right show to do. Um, And uh, as for for touring, like I don't know how any of that's done. Like I, I'm just uh, not a great self promoter. I, I was, I did a tour of Europe a couple years ago because someone in Belgium had asked, like, "Hey, we really want to have you like do a show here." And I'm like, "Okay, like." you know, what can you pay? And like, it wasn't very, certainly not a plane ticket. Sure. Sure. So I'm like, well, let me look and see if I can find some other shows in the area. And, uh, I got a couple of contacts and, uh, made it happen. And I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't enough to pay for the, uh, I did like four shows and it wasn't enough to pay for the, the plane tickets or anything, yeah. but it paid for the gas and some of the food in between the shows. And yeah. it gave me a chance to go to Europe for the first time. So that yeah, was that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, like I was doing, so I did shows in Belgium and, and Germany, and I I noticed that one like they're still buying CDs over there, and 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 the, the listeners there's more listeners over there because uh, I don't know there's there's a more prevalent love of darker folk music. I can see that. I think, yeah, and and other places I'd love to go, like uh, Moscow, uh, Sweden, uh, Netherlands, like those are all good. um, And I've played in the States, but honestly, it's such a hassle to get a a work permit there. I'm sure now it's even harder with, you know, the current uh, government down there and stuff, yeah. Yeah, it it didn't used to be quite as bad. I mean, it still it cost you about six hundred bucks to get your permit, but now the backlogs are so bad that basically you have to have your gig firmed up like eight months in advance, which doesn't happen. No, no. Uh, so then you have to pay for like twelve hundred dollars for a rushed uh, permit, and it just it just doesn't make sense right now. I mean, hopefully they'll clear out the backlogs because I. You know, I, I do enjoy going to the states. I go there, you know, on a vacation and that, okay. uh, and I, and I liked the shows that I played there. It's just uh, it's just tricky right now. Sure. I'd like to I'd like to play Canada more, and I, I've um, enlisted my uh, my son. My son's in his early twenties because uh, I uh, yeah, 
I was very precocious in my child making. I had him at the tender age of seven because I was a very powerful <laughs> seven-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so he's he, he he does the sort of apply for smaller folk festivals okay. and stuff like that because I'd I'd love to play some of the smaller folk festivals. There's so many of them but, too. Uh, it, yeah, I mean it hasn't happened yet. No one's really given me the thumbs up, but you know, fingers crossed. And yeah, all that. Well, for now, people should definitely check out the album the albums on Bandcamp. You got three of them out there, right? Three of them, yep. Cool. And then, yeah, hopefully uh, ho- hopefully this podcast turns more people onto your music because, like I said uh, at the beginning, you know, I was surprised that you hadn't been more – I hadn't heard of you yet. I mean, not that I'm like the, you know, all-seeing, all-knowing uh, local music person, <laughs> but, like, you know, I try to keep my ear to the ground, and I and I, I think I'd only seen the name once online somewhere. And so it's, it's nice to actually, you know, first of all, listen to it in, in, in more depth and, and then actually get a chance to talk to you because I think this has been a, a fun conversation. Well, if my incoherent babbling helps to spread the word of Uncle Sinner, I'm I'm happy to uh, be happy to do this. Right on. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> All right. Okay. Take care. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. I know God's not dead. He's still alive. I know God's not dead. He's still alive. God's not dead. He's still alive. I can feel him in my hands. I can feel him in my feet. I can I can feel him in my hands, I can feel him in my feet.